Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Ministry present Journeys in Faith. Now, here's Andy Santis. Hi, welcome to Journeys in Faith here on Fiat Ministry Network. It's great to be here with you. And I have an amazing guest. He is a friend of mine, and he is a pro-life activist and advocate in the greater Philadelphia area, as well as the president of the St. Raymond Onatus Foundation. Welcome, Nikki Kelly. Hey, thank you so much for having me here. Yeah, it's amazing. We have a lot to talk about. And uh, so how was your Thanksgiving? We'll start there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, More or less, it was a a great time. Uh, It was great, even though we had to downsize our guest list a little bit, but um, uh, we were tempted to defy governor's orders. But of course, we had people that backed out anyway. It was... uh, it is a perfect reminder that family is um, is the bedrock of the uh, holiday season, especially since it, it kind of kicks off with Thanksgiving and wraps up like when we transition to the new year. It's hard to believe that like we're wrapping um, a very tumultuous and uh, uncertain year we have been through in 2020. Of course, you and I know that quite well with um, the ever changing things that have been happening, you know, with our work with the foundation and and of course, all the things we do on the side. <laughs> That's right. That's right, Nikki. Uh, I thought we could just start out with your own faith journey. You know, this is Journeys in Faith, <laughs> and we usually start out with the person's faith journey. Um, mostly, I would love for people to hear also how you got involved with the pro-life movement. You're very committed to it. I know that just about every Saturday you go down and pray in front of either Planned Parenthood or another facility in the Philadelphia area for the women that are entering in a very peaceful way. Uh, so please tell us your story and how you got involved. So let's see. Well, I'm actually a devout Catholic. I've been born and raised Catholic. I received all of my sacraments in the same church. Um, it's kind of rare for someone to do something like that. I slowly but surely, uh, I was I went go from um, weekly mass attend, attendee to, I would say, times where I would probably go to mass every now and again. Of course, I was also an altar server. I also did things um, during my most of my teenage years. Like, you know, I little by little, I was doing things with the faith. And then I, I didn't really take it like to full bloom. So I was about like 18. Like I, I got involved with the Knights of Columbus uh, through my dad. Uh, he was involved with it for quite a few years uh, since I was like a little um, toddler. I still had fond memories of Christmas parties we have and this time of year I always think uh, about these like um fond memories like as a kid and one of the things that my the knights did was like they collected uh toys for children who are like on the margins so to speak and then of course um I had like one there was like one council member who actually uh got me involved in the probably movement I'll get to that in a moment uh he has been a very faithful warrior for like um I would say maybe like 30 years in fact uh, about 10 years ago he was given an award by the pro-life union of greater Philadelphia uh, defender of life. Cause he was one of those people that have done work uh, to pray outside of uh, the facility of Kermit God's now, which is uh, not far from Ivy league Penn actually. And he was just, uh, he was very dedicated. In fact, he was planting the seeds and it, it took it basically one of the things I would say, it's like, whenever someone encourages you, my suggestion is, you know, don't pass it up because you never know what's going to happen. And henceforth, that's that's what happened to me. That's how I got involved. And I was doing things like I go from doing pro-life work once a year, which is the March for Life. And then finally, it, it just like dawned on me like, I got to do more. I got to do more. And then about 10 years ago, I started praying outside of uh, abortion facility. started out with the Planned Parenthood um, in the heart of Center City, Philadelphia. And then I became a regular at another abortion facility, as you pointed out, which is not affiliated with Planned Parenthood, but they murder about um, 6,500 babies a year in Philadelphia. And it's very staggering, of course. And the irony is that facility is like located five floors above a daycare. And just like, you just like scratching your head, like, why are you murdering the future, your future, why are murders of your future customers happening? five floors above you it's like it just really baffles me even to people i tell these days like this is like i know some people are like oh my gosh like they you know they get sad and everything and then i just grew in my prayer life i 
you know, I decided that, you know, I, I need to take my faith very seriously. I post like videos once a week. Um, you've seen them, of course, many times. Yes. Um, you go crazy with them, I know. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that that's really my faith in a nutshell. In fact, I'm probably the only um, Catholic in my family who is like, you know, practicing um, or even just striving, you know, for the, my ultimate goal, which is heaven, when my when God's will is done here on earth. Yeah, you're doing really amazing work. Um, maybe we should also mention your full-time job too, because I know that a lot of us are familiar with Amazon and tell us what you do with your job with Amazon. So if people submit orders with Whole Foods, I would think that there's a whole food tab on amazon.com since they're like this. So basically I would get orders from online submissions and I would have, I would pick them and then I would stage it before the drivers uh, take it out for delivery. And oftentimes I would offer replacements or uh, whatever the case may be. So, yeah. Yeah. I just uh, want to mention been, that full-time right. I, I've work been doing, that you do. I've been doing that for over a year, actually. Good, good. But your heart is really in your faith. I know that. And it's very much into what you're doing with praying every weekend and, and also being the direct, the uh, president, I almost said the director, but the president of the St. Raymond Anatis Foundation, uh, where, you know, where I'm from, and we, we help families in crisis and those who are affected by divorce and separation. Uh, and let's talk about that for a moment or two. I know that you've talked about it before, that you are also an adult child of divorce and you've learned so much about your faith uh, through that and wanted, want, just wanted to see if you had anything to share about that as well. Yeah, so um, it's been like 20 years since that, um, that occasion has happened. And uh, so some of the things I really drew from that experience is number one, it, like, I always remember like the song by Kelly Clarkson, like what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And I really think that there are times like when God, like if you look at some of the chosen people you hear, you read about in the Bible, you hear about like how, you know, they have these challenges that were placed ahead. And like some of them were challenges. Like you look at Joshua, he had this fortress that was in front of him. He had to figure out how he's going to lead his people to that land. You look at Moses, he had a, um, like a stuttering problem, yet he still, you know, went to Egypt and freed his people. You look at David, you know, he was just um, probably a small, probably a little, a, a little guy. He was going up against a, a giant. Like you, you, like, you know, other people would be like so intimidated by, you know, by, you know, by like, you know, guys are probably like, you know, twice or three times their size. But the thing is, God used those people, even by the smallest flaws to, bring about his kingdom on earth and in a sense you know god wants us you know whether if we experience divorce we lost a our spouse or whatever the case may be or even just you know coming from a broken home god wants to use that suffering whether it's physical mental emotional or even social social suffering to strengthen you because God gives us strength and we can do it through and we can do everything through him, as we remind in, in Paul's letter to the Philippians. You have a lot of wisdom and you mentioned that every single Sunday, for the most part, right, you make a video on social media, whether it be Instagram or Facebook. I know you share it on the Seek uh, 2021 site and we can talk about Seek in a little while as well. Uh, so tell us about that. Um, I would say that it's something that people who are watching want to really check out. You have excellent videos on the gospel. So how do you come up with those reflections? They're usually about five to 10 minutes or so. And I always do look forward to them every week. Well, I appreciate that little vote of confidence in those videos. So one of the ways that I actually come up with is I have a subscription to Magnifica. And what I do is I actually draw uh, reflections like I try to figure out what are some of the common themes that you see most of the time people don't people I don't think a lot of people realize this if we the, the that's assuming like we don't usually like watch um, we don't really read our bibles that's where a lot of protestants criticize the catholics of course but you may not realize this but the mass it was built on the bible it's hard to believe so to get to your question actually and 
Uh, let's get into that. We got a little sidetracked. So what I do is I actually look for what are the common themes. That's one. Two, I would read a a, um, a weekly post by uh, Monsignor Joseph Pryor, who would submit stuff mm-hmm. to CatholicPhilly.com, usually on a weekly basis. That two, three, I actually would draw something from uh, a priest homily, whether it be at my parish, the Basilica, St. Peter and Paul, or oftentimes, like, I would also just read a reflection from whether it be like some past popes, some past, some people that are in the process of becoming saints or even like, you know, saints in general uh, through my uh, subscription with the Magnifica. Cause oftentimes they would have a, a reflection uh, regarding the, the Sunday readings or whatever. And I would draw some points from there. So overall it's like, it's like a combination of everything. And then sometimes like you would have to just, and also like, oftentimes I also go to like um, young adult gatherings and mm. Usually we read, we usually talk about the Sunday readings like five days in advance. And oftentimes they actually, I would actually draw something from either from the priest or the brothers that are there, let alone, I could probably just get something from like uh, some like-minded friends who would probably come up with something. And I would be like, oh gosh, I never really thought of it that way. But oftentimes like it's one thing you read like, you know, you read scripture, you read a gospel passage, you know, from a Catholic standpoint. I, I remember this. Uh, I took um, a course on the gospels when I was an undergraduate at LaSalle University. And like, I remember my professor saying, like, you know, it, it's one thing you may read it from a Protestant perspective, a Catholic perspective. But then sometimes, you know, you have to kind of like, uh, you know, switch it like, you know, switch places. Like, what would a Protestant think if he or she reads it from a Catholic standpoint and of course, vice versa. So oftentimes like maybe there's like a theme you may miss out on or there's a time where maybe there was a theme, but maybe you want to expand on that point somehow. And and let's face it. I mean, I I try to do what I can to give something that, you know, good, the videos, I I want to do something where maybe they weren't getting it out of the priest that they hear on any given Sunday. Like sometimes they would, give you the same old message and everything it's like i kind of think of it as you have like the same song on repeat mm-hmm. or you're hearing like the same the same songs on the radio usually like it's like um like i remember my my dad was like once telling me about how he would hear the same songs on the radio exactly like on like at this time exactly like this song this time that song that time and everything but every now and again like you really need to shake it up I mean, of course, that I'm not trying to criticize the priest or anything, but hey, you gotta like, you know, go. You know, you gotta um, dig deep with these readings, and you gotta like just can't say, "Well, God is love, my brothers and sisters." That weekly talk is like if you keep constantly giving that every week, you know, you're gonna put me to sleep. You know, give me something that would just give me like a a shot in the arm or something, or a shot of cold water. Yeah, you do a great job with it. And I want to encourage, really, I mean that. Uh, I would encourage people who are watching and listening on podcasts too, to go to your Instagram and connect with you because, you know, these are really good videos. I, I look forward to them. They're only about five or 10 minutes. And what Mickey does is give you kind of like a little mini homily. And he does give you that shot in the arm, like you said. It's, it's, it's a really good message to help you to understand what these readings are saying and, and not to put you to sleep, right? So tell them where to reach out to you on, on your social media, especially Instagram, because I know you do a lot on Instagram. So on Facebook, I'm, um, I actually set up a page just before the lockdown, actually. It's called uh, The Catholic Philadelphian. In fact, I have been a little behind with all that due to uh, work, um, this uh, between work, saving the world and um, doing like a, a juggling a bunch of hobbies and everything. Um, on Instagram, I have, um, you, if you just simply search the Catholic Philadelphia, you may be able to find me on there. Um, so, and of course, um, I have, I, I do connect with a lot of like-minded Catholics and I, I do connect with people that don't really share the same concept as me. And that's all right. I mean, cause over time you could plant seeds that could change their lives for the better. 
And I, I think that's really something that's really missing, you know, among, um, you know, that, uh, among our friendships. I mean, if you look at, you know, the friendship between, um, I would say for many um, Catholic theologians, the friendship between John Tolkien, who wrote, who gave us the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbits um, books, whereas you, know, you look at um, C.S. Lewis, who was once a an anti-papist, who, in other words, he would um, come from a home where they would despise everything about the Pope and, of course, Catholicism. But, of course, John Tolkien, and at time, too, I also say Gilbert Chesterton, they would plant the seeds for Lewis to realize that, you know, everything about the Pope and, you know, Catholicism is, like, true, beautiful, and good. And, of course, well, we don't have any evidence that Lewis did convert to Catholicism, but he does become an ally to the Catholic Church. And we do see in some of his his writings and everything. And, of course, oftentimes a lot of the biblical scholars we have in the Catholic Church, they are fond of Lewis's writings. And, and hey, why not? In fact, I was on the um, uh, C.S. Lewis uh, collection um, bid recently. So I was like, oh, what the heck? I'll just get it. Because I, I, I wasn't sure about it. So <laughs> I just, I'm just like, you know, trying to collect as many good books as possible because you don't know if they're going to be just, if they're going to disappear off the shelves. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Thank you. And I know there's so much more. And if you go to his Instagram, as he said, it's the Catholic Philadelphian. And on Facebook, he's at Mickey Kelly. So uh, just, I would consider if you're not following him to definitely uh, connect there. Uh, I thought we could go back to pro-life because there's so much to talk about. You're, you're really involved with an organization that we both know very well, uh, the uh, Pro-Life Union of Greater Philadelphia, uh, President Tom Stevens, and our friend, Dr. Monique Ribeiro, who's very involved there, and a former guest here on Journeys in Faith, too. Uh, tell us about your connection with them, because just this past weekend, uh, something special happened. There we go. Uh, up on the screen, we had the Stand Up for Life. Uh, now, usually it's a dinner, right, Mickey? Right. So usually what happened, well, you and I have been to a couple, a few of them in the past together, actually. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, what happened was uh, because of the restrictions brought about from the, the pandemic, I uh, don't know if it's real or not, but we'll talk, we'll talk, well, I don't want to, I don't want to dive into any deeper than that, but um, as a precaution, they just wanted like uh, to do like a virtual thing. They, however, they still kept the fundraising aspect of it, which I think was good. Uh, Cause um, last I checked, I think they were creeping up to like a hundred thousand dollars, like by the end of that evening. And of course, um, I do want to encourage everyone to please support the uh, pro-life charities um, in between your uh, Black Friday and Cyber Monday, or I should rather say between your uh, Black Friday and your Christmas after Christmas sale shopping. Of course, whether it's in person or online, don't forget, of course, don't forget about the little guys too, the small businesses. Yeah, uh, But don't forget to give back to uh, our foundation that uh, retain Raymond and Nazi. We'll go, we'll talk about that in a moment, but also the pro-life union greater Philadelphia. And in fact, um, well, to, to get to your uh, question. So uh, Tom Stevens and I actually um, linked up uh, three years ago, actually at the same event. And at the time, actually, he was announced to succeed um, Edel Finnegan. Uh, now she's Edel Donahue. I'm I have to make sure I get that right just in case she's listening, of course. Otherwise, she's going to yell at me. Hi, <laughs> 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 Um And then Tom and I, like, we actually have been um, on and off about, like, hey, let's meet up for, like, coffee or something and talk about these things. And honestly, like, working with Tom was actually a breath of fresh air, although I despise his alma mater, Villanova, because I'm a LaSalle University graduate. Um, but mm -hmm. that's, a, this, that's something him and I can discuss. Uh, Tom actually brought like a lot of things to the table. In fact, he actually had me uh, come about on a, um, on a, like a secret task force. Uh, the one disclosed too much about it because I might get compromised. Um, and you know, working with him, and he has brought a lot to the table. I mean, and also who knew that he was going to take the helm at least a year before the incident involving um, State Representative Brian Sims, which. We actually had um, a rally about a year ago, um, about a couple of weeks after the video surfaced, 
And and as a matter of fact, Matt Walsh was actually one of the the highlights of that of that um of that day, along with Abby Johnson and Lala Rose uh, from live at live action and um, Marilyn Mosgrove, who used to be a congresswoman for the state of Colorado. Uh, well, she's on the you know, House of Representatives, and I was like thinking to myself. Wow, this is like just unbelievable. I mean, what a time to be pro-life in the greater Philadelphia area, let alone the fact that the mom, well, the the family actually who were, um, who actually were trying to be, who were intimidated by Brian Sims. You know, number one, they kept the faith, and two, they actually were they actually were my preceding recipients of that same award. Actually, right. And I know we're going to get to that momentarily. Uh, but I was just like thinking to myself, wow, we, this is incredible. Um, so anyway, to the award, of course. So this past Sunday, um, usually what happens is, folks, to give you a background, I believe we are the oldest um, pro-life coalition to have um, a pro-life dinner, as far as I know. Now, and of course, in the past, they actually have one of your guests, uh, Father Frank Pavone, speak. At one of them, they had Lala Rose. They had Sister Jane Dominic, um, one of the Dominican sisters. They had Sister Grace Dominic of the Sisters of Life. They had Melissa Ogden. They also had um, I'm drawing I'm drawing a blank on this one, but I'm just gonna yeah, it's okay. <laughs> but but yeah, yeah. But anyway, um. But the bottom line, it's it's uh, yeah, every year like they deliver, and of course like one of the things I noted is like one year they do some like do someone that's like involved with like um, with like you know something political, or two they can do someone that does like that has like a, a beautiful story of, you know being saved or whatever the case may be, and the list goes on. And one of the things that really stands out is you're not just like in a room you're not in an event surrounded by, you know, Catholics, but we have seen some Protestants, you know, come to these events such as um, Marlene Downing. I'm, I don't know if she's been a guest out in your. Yeah, she has. Show. Okay. I stand corrected. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Monique Rivero, um, an excellent uh, pro-life OBGYN. And, you know, the fact is what, what I think Tom has done, you know, not just to, you know, drum up support from, you know, Catholics who are, you know, kind of like hiding, so to speak. Like he wants them to come out and, you know, lock and load spiritually, of course. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend an armed revolution for something like this, you know. Um, maybe in that, maybe against a, um, a political tyrant, I would suggest that, but not for, you know. <laughs> um, but like one of the things I thought Tom has done a tremendous job, and I'll give that, I'll give it, um, the director of the pro-life union a shout out hi tom um <laughs> is like he's done a tremendous job not just reaching to the catholic churches but also our protestant brethren there's no question he's also going to um go for our the jewish brethren because let's let's face it i mean hey um you know without the jews catholics wouldn't have their salvation remember that mm. and of course you also to like reach out to the uh the secular pro-lifers the atheist pro-lifers yes you know, yeah. I mean, they're, they're needed. I mean, granted, like, they could just, you know, like, help out with sidewall counseling or everything. You know, of course, Monique does a tremendous job with all the training and everything. Um, And just working with Tom is, like, like it's just, like, like something, like, it's just, like, really unbelievable. And I, I would highly recommend, if you have any um, pro-lifers in the Philadelphia area who probably could just see this, like, on a whim, you know, connect with us. We'd love to have you get involved. Yes. Thank you so much. It's the work that you're doing is incredible. And that's uh, one of the reasons, uh, one of many why I wanted you to come on this show and talk about it, because uh, you were awarded, as you said, it was the John Paul II Bravery Award. Is Am I correct on that one? Um, it actually is called Be Not Afraid. Be Not Afraid. Okay. That was his, well, even though his like motto was, his papal motto was like totally yours. I would say be not afraid. Oh, there's, oh, that's a nice looking, there's a, two nice looking guys right there, by the way. Anyway, <laughs> one, of them, one of them is married. So 
Sorry, ladies. Anyway, <laughs> <There's> <laughs> but, uh, to get back to the um, to get back to, it, I would say one of the things that um, I just lost my train of thought here. But anyway, um, the so anyway, I would say that be not afraid could have been maybe like the second best papal model, first thing John Paul II. And, you know, he really got, he really got the Catholic church into the 21st century, even though like, you know, of course, you know, some of the scandals and everything like, you know, involving with the clergy has um, surfaced. And then there has been priests that I have met over the years that has done phenomenal work, you know, as far as like, I've met some priests that would take a time at least once a month to celebrate a mass on the third Saturday at St. John's, but the group actually had a retention problem. So they had to celebrate mass. They, they had to attend mass um, around the same time as um, as St. John's was. So they're like all on the same schedule. Um, but we did have a couple of the Capuchin friars that would be stationed at the um, at the parish. They would come and pray with us. Unfortunately, um, a couple of them moved away. Okay. Um, Wow. So like for different assignments. Um, but every now and again, we do get priests that would come out to the vigils. Like um, the most recent is um, the vicar at the Basilica, St. Peter and Paul, uh, Father Matthew Patricki, he would come out and he would, um, and it's, he's like roughly around my age. And it was like, oh, okay, we got to get the more out there. And, and also, we also get the seminarians involved one way or another. And I, I think that's also a, a great thing, too, is we're not just going to get like, the clergy involved, but we're going to get the clergy, I like to call them the clergy in training involved. Mm. So that way there, you know, you get the, so that way there, like when they, when they stand on the pulpit every Sunday, they're not afraid to, you know, preach about the culture of life in the gospel. Amen. And, uh, and it's, it's sadly, you know, the, the state of Catholic America, Catholics in America is the fact that, you know, we're not really talking about these issues and we should be let alone the fact you know the priests they should be more vocal about this they shouldn't be afraid to they shouldn't be afraid to talk about these things and you know what the the, the thing is like oh i don't want to like you know physically suggest this but we do need to hit people in the head with a two by four and one of those ways is you know you got to get you got to get them thinking because if you don't get them to think or challenge them you know, it's bad for their brains. We'll be like, uh, what? You know, <laughs> um, but in all seriousness, like we really need to get the, I mean, number one, the clergy really needs to, you know, speak up about this a little more. Even if they are speaking and then they see people like, you know, walking out of mass right in the middle of their, their, uh, their, their very, um, you know, they're very, homilies, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, homilies, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'll be honest with you, I have seen it a couple of times, you know, at my parish, you know, I saw uh, one of my priests, he was bold enough to, you know, preach a pro-life message. And there were a couple of people that just walked out and, you know, I was just like, well, there you go. So there was, yeah. you're just separating the, uh, the sheeps and the goats, as we were reminded during the previous Sunday's gospel. That's right. That's right. And of course, that Fulton Sheen too. Like he knew that the lady also has a role in the new evangelization too. And you know what, the lady, you know, they really need to hold the priests accountable. And of course, at the same time, encourage these priests to be more vocal about the the message of life from the moment of conception until natural death. Now, hold granted, that thought. Hold that thought. Thank you. Thank you. Um, we do have to take a break for just a couple minutes, Mickey. So thank you for all that information. And we do need to go back to that when we come back from our break. So mm-hmm. please do stay with us for the second half of Journeys in Faith here with Mickey Kelly. Hi, my name is Ann DeSantis, and I'm the director for the St. Raymond Onatis Foundation for Freedom, Family, and Faith. You can learn about us on our website at nonatis.org. I'm here to tell you today about two great podcasts that I hope that you will tune in. The first Tuesday of every month at 8 o'clock, we have a podcast specifically for Catholics affected by divorce. From 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern, go to Philly Nonatis on YouTube to subscribe. In addition, we also have a podcast the last Thursday of every month. That's also at 8 o'clock Eastern Time for one hour. 
and that one is for families in crisis. We have some really great guests coming up soon, so hope to see you then. Please also consider the fact that you can make spiritual direction appointments with us, with our spiritual moderator. All you need to do is go to our website on the contact form and just reach out to us. We'd be happy to hear from you and look forward to setting up an appointment. So we'd love to connect with you. Please share this video and let people know that we're there for families affected by divorce and also families in crisis. Thank you. Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network present the Discover Your Mission series. When I was young, in the 1950s, I attended Catholic Grammar School and I memorized the Baltimore Catechism. In fact, I think I got an A on all of my tests. Um, I faithfully attended Mass each week, not because I wanted to, but because I was afraid if I didn't, I would suffer eternal damnation. I followed all the rules. I followed my Catholic faith um, faithfully. But it wasn't until I became a wife and a mother and I began to try and pass my faith on to my children that I realized that everything I knew about Jesus was memorized doctrine. I can't even share with you how I was so wrote in my faith. And I was attending this, but I was not present. I was a good man, I was a good father, I was instilling the sacraments into my family. Uh, I was definitely not intentional, I was stuck broke in my faith. But what kind of strength did he have? Jackie did not just have a strength of body or baseball skill. He had a strength inside of his spirit, a courageous meekness that empowered him to play the game. Work, And I tell him what is going on with me and he's like, oh, okay. And I'm like, no, no, no. I think this is like some sort of miracle, dude. And he's like, okay, you know, of course, but I'll believe it when I see it, honey. You've been trying to quit and you've been saying this and saying that. And I'm, a, you know, he, his big line to me is, you shouldn't say things <laughs> because I never followed through on them. And so this was, Week after week, month after month, he is looking at me like, this is a miracle. There is no way that you, on your own, could have done this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 16 through 21, St. Paul compares the sacrifice of the Christians to the sacrifice of Israel and then to the sacrifice of the pagans. Paul calls the chalice, the blood of Christ, and the bread as participation in the body of Christ, and then warns his listeners that you cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons at the same time. So in other words, you need to decide, what are you going to participate in? Are you going to participate in the historic Christian idea of the altar of sacrifice which is in the Eucharist or not. Welcome back to Journeys in Faith here on Fiat Ministry Network. So glad you're here and be sure to like this page on Facebook and also subscribe to Patchwork Heart Ministry where it's also on podcast. With me tonight, as I said at the beginning, is I have my friend Mickey Kelly. He is a pro-life activist, advocate, and the president of the St. Raymond Onatus Foundation, where I'm the director too. Um, before we go back to our pro-life discussion, Mickey was educating us so much about the pro-life mission in the Philadelphia area near where I'm from and where he is too. Uh, but we also have a conference that's coming up actually tomorrow. So if you're watching this here on a Black Friday, right, on November 27th, uh, tomorrow, this weekend, is a special conference through the St. Raymond Anatis Foundation and Smart Catholics. It's called God is Mercy. It is 
a free registration that is available there with the conference. We have over 40 wonderful Catholic speakers, including Mickey and Bill Snyder. And we have Father Frank Pavone and so many others. So all you need to do is just go to smartcatholics.com and check out the events and you can sign up for free. So we do hope to see you there. And uh, thank you, Mickey, too, for being involved in it. Pleasure. Yeah. So let's go back to what, what we were talking about, about pro-life. Anything else that you want to share? Plus, I thought you can make a shout out to people who are watching that have never been involved in the pro-life mission. Maybe you have some words of advice, especially to younger people. I could simply tell younger people to not be afraid, but that's easier said than done. One of the things that I would say to the younger people is if you have a seasoned pro-lifer that has been inviting you to attend events, whether it's praying outside of abortion facilities, volunteering at a pregnancy center, I would suggest you clear your, you clear your calendar and you go because you never know who you're going to meet, who you're going to, who you're going to interact with and what you're going to experience. You know, granted, I mean, we don't have crystal balls in the pro-life movement. Like, we're not going to say, oh, this is a good day to be out there. That's going to be a bad day to be out there. So just avoid as best as possible. No, no, that's not how it works. Another thing is, like, one of the things I do encourage, like, pro-lifers to do is, like, we were reminded uh, a couple of weeks ago about the the uh, 10 people with, like, the people with the talents and how, you know, two of them grew their talents and one just buried it out of fear. One of the things I could say is, if you enjoy doing things, they do create a project such as like writing or you do things like you do like arts and crafts. And of course, you know, with the Christmas season and all that, I would suggest you use those to cultivate the pro-life messages. Because honestly, let's face it. I mean, most of the stuff that's out there today, I mean, I mean, I, I don't, I mean, every every third or fourth time you go to a movie theater or you stream something you're kind of having your head hung like this or other times like because you rather you know have like you come out of the movie theater you come out of or you just stop your your streaming thing well movie theaters are kind of like taking a hit right now with everything considered like you want to you want to like you know leap for joy as you're coming out of the theater or you get done you know streaming you know, a movie from, you know, Apple TV or whatever the case may be. So that like, my thing is like to the young people, you know, get involved as early as possible, take up the encouragement of older people. And, you know, it, it's also, I mean, it's also understandable that like, yeah, you like, you're going to get up like super early in the morning, but you know, it's worth a sacrifice. I mean, you think it was hard for Jesus to, carry the cross when he was super weak from all the scourging and all uh, the, the buffets and the spitting, he just kept going and you should too. And you know, it's a sacrifice. You get up, Amen. you know, super early in the morning just to pray outside in the heat, the rain, the bitter cold. I mean, I've experienced all the elements, you know, from six in the morning, to about like daybreak, so to speak. And believe me, it's worth it. Yes. You know, you may, you're going to get, you're going to get this face. I'm going to give you a spoiler right now. When you stand in front of those facilities, you will get ridiculed. You will get mocked. You will have people that's going to say to you, your religion's irrelevant. Well, guess what? Your religion, your faith is relevant to a society that is darkened by secularism. And that's why we need to rise up. You Amen. need to rise up and take a stand. Does it, well, are we going to be likely to, are we going to be in prison? Are we going to lose people? Are we going to be dissed? Yes. But let's keep in mind too. There is one person we should desire to please the most. And that is our Lord and Savior who promises eternal savings not just on black friday but what we do yeah. here on earth amen that's what amen matters. 
And it's such a, a blessing too. Now, you and I have gone down there together and prayed before. And uh, you're right. I mean, people say, you know, call you names as they walk by sometimes. But I know that on our end, we're very peaceful when we when we pray outside abortion facilities. And maybe we can talk about the way that we're trained to be loving, to be there in prayer and not to, uh, to fight back. Uh, maybe you can talk a little bit about some of your experiences that you've had with the mothers that go in and out, with the people that walk in and out of those facilities. Yeah, so um, I'll give you a good and a bad and the ugly. Just like a Clint Eastwood movie, I'm sure I'd be impressed. So the good is I have seen some women that probably have turned around or probably and also or if they probably or they even thanked us for being out there i've seen plenty of those i also say like there's also a fedex driver and i think you were with me the one time and like he stopped by because he does he has like rats around that area he always gives us you know a thumbs up he says thank you for us being there and everything and you know, you think, and there, there are a couple of times too, we had someone from the parking authority that would uh, thank us. If I remember five years ago, we had a conversation with uh, a gentleman. Um, I'm going to call, I'm just going to call him Leon for the time being, but he shared how uh, his sister-in-law actually worked for, well, I, I'm not sure if she still does or not, but she works for Planned Parenthood. I don't think it's necessarily, I don't know if it's the one in Philly or if there's like another affiliate in the area, but um but the, the fact is, you know, they would sometimes like kind of like feud over the issue, like going like family gatherings and what have you, but they still maintain to, you know, be, um, you know, be loving to each other. And I, I honestly, like we do need to approach with love and it, it's not easy. It's not an easy thing to do, but, um, but I, I'll be honest, like when I was starting, I, there were times too, I would kind of forget, like, you know, to be you know, loving, because there are times, like, I would kind of, like, um, there were times I would actually jeer at the, at the man, because I, because I, I was, like, judging his character as opposed to his actions, like, I would call him a yeah. coward or something, I'll be, like, no, why'd you do that, you know, it's, like, I, I mean, granted, too, like, you, I mean, sure, you should be infuriated by what he's doing, but you shouldn't, like, you know, call out his character, you, you should judge his actions, sure, but just not his character. The bad I've seen is I have seen like women that would curse you, that curse me or like a group of us out, and they could be patient, they could be a worker or volunteer that would be going in, and I've seen like signs knocked over, we would get the f bomb at us, or oftentimes we would probably get someone that would uh, flip the middle finger, or, or some of us would call it uh, pointing to Jesus, um, and the ugly would be. I, I kind of described this earlier. Well, I haven't seen it firsthand, but Brian Sims would, um, well, someone like say like Brian Sims would videotape us and they would jeer us and they would, uh, oftentimes they'll probably stream it or and even times too, they could, you know, dox us, you know, in exchange for money, like doc, you know, dox information about us and in exchange for money or whatever. Um, but there was actually, um, but the pro, as a matter of fact, the, the family that actually got the award they actually raised um, last. I'm talking about a year ago. They actually got. They actually raised funds for the pro life union within 48 hours. By say like well over 150 grand. That's right. Which is That's impressive. Right. Yeah, yeah. And if people aren't fr I'm, I'm familiar, not sure. I'm not sure. I mean, I was wondering if Jeff, if if I should be aware that the CEO of Walmart and Amazon, you know, gave any of that. But I don't know about that anyway. Right. <laughs> yeah. And what Mickey's referring to is an event that happened. I guess was it about a year and a half ago yeah. in Philadelphia, where um, the representative there in Philadelphia was making comments. So rep. Yes, to so the person rep. that was there uh, uh, praying in front of of the facility. So. But uh, on a positive note, though, I would say that for all of the negativity that does happen at times, uh, that there's, there's lives that are being saved, there's lives that are being changed, right? And I know that you've seen mm -hmm. that too. Uh, talk mm -hmm. about that. I have seen some women that will go in at first, or, and of course I would see that I would also read the stories too. And 
and most of the time that we come in out crying, we would think like, oh, she did it. You know, she had the abortion. But then when she uttered the words that she changed her mind or something around those lines, it's like uh, I kind of think of it as, you know, you, you catch the – you score the game-winning touchdown with the game on the line, especially if, like, you're trying to gain, like, a playoff berth. And I, I, see, I see those as, like, they could be small victories, but they add up. Every time, every time a baby is saved, not only would that baby leap for joy for her mom making the right decision, but also you can hear a choir of angels, you know, cheer like the touch, like the the home team just scored the winning touchdown. That's how I really see that. Yeah, that's and it, incredible. And it, it, it resonates too. Like the the new the whole news resonates like across like whether you send texts or whatever. You know, um, I I would probably it, it honestly like well I, I'm kind of like wearing if people haven't noticed I'm actually wearing um a Baby Yoda shirt because uh, I got because well number one I am a Star Wars fan if you like to know yes um <laughs> and two like Mandal Mandalorian is actually one of the most pro life um Star Wars series you could ever read I mean let alone the fact like the the main character like he does like you know, shoot up, you know, stormtroopers and everything. Well, yeah, that's true. Well, let's think of it this way. He may be, say, Michael the Archangel, and he's trying to vanquish rebel spirits. So that's a good way to put it. At the same time, he's protecting this, um, you know, protecting Yoda, you know, because everyone wants to go after it. Mm -hmm. And that's really what our job is to do. Like, we have to be, we need to be the Mandalorians for every unborn child. And we do need to save them. Now I hear now there are times like I get people to ask us, well, have you seen some lives change and everything? Like, what are you going to do after these babies are saved? Right. Exactly. What are you going to do? What people don't realize, and in a very closed mind, and these are the same people that would participate in these no peace, no justice, or whatever it is rallies, and they would loot, they would instigate things. They haven't really seen. And of course, you know, the best was yet to come when they say, oh, you don't care after they're born or everything. Honey, buckle up. It's going to be a bumpy ride when you see what has, has happened after the baby is born. As a matter of fact, the pregnancy centers, even though they un operate on different names, they do have a life-saving competition. I've seen that with Legacy of Life, which is just across the street from Planned Parenthood downtown. I've seen that with Alpha Pregnancy, which is just next door to where the House of Whores used to be in the Mantua section of Philadelphia, not far from the University of Penn. And let alone the fact, um, guiding, guiding Star Ministries that Pat Stedden runs and uh, among other things, whole pregnancy just next door to a Baptist church that is run by a former NFL player. And of course, his son has... Um, is running with the baton now, you know, for the new generation of, um, of church believers, which I think is incredible. It is. Thanks for I mentioning. Call it, I call it, a, I call it a touchdown for life, of course. Amen. And thanks for mentioning all those resources, because, you know, it really is true. There are so many resources for after the baby is born. And you mentioned Hope Pregnancy Center and Marlene Downing was also a guest here on Journeys in Faith. And she talked a lot about that. So, I do appreciate that. And on the Pro-Life Union website. She can uh, use plenty of shout outs, of course. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. And on the ProLifeUnion.org website, there are resources there too. I thought we could spend a couple minutes also talking about the St. Raymond Anatas Foundation, where I'm the director, you're the president, and we have some great things going on there too, including the conference that we just mentioned. And I thought we could just talk a little bit about the fact that you're experience with in being in pro-life and now also an adult children of divorce and how you're using those gifts now to also help us because you've been involved in both mm -hmm. well i mean one of the things that um i think it was a chance i think you and i actually like we actually had like these bumps like hellos and hellos and how's everything going but like we haven't really um delved deep into you know again you know again another like on deeper level and 
like I think that for first encounter was like five years ago. I think the the foundation was just um, was just established, and it was just ahead of the papal visit, if I'm not mistaken. And I think I think we would encounter each other like at um, other events, such as like the men's conference, this the annual stand up for life dinner. You're always there. Matter of fact, you're on the board for them too. We well, I I, I should say you, but we. Yes, well, we're on the member organizations the, right. for, for their mm -hmm. member organizations. That's right. For sure. So, but anyway, uh, but to get get back to the uh, our ministry here. So, I actually started out as a board member. So we're going back to Jan New Year's Day, twenty twenty, and we had a nice little phone call. I think went on for an hour, and I I, I actually pulled you away from the Mummers Parade just to do that. So for those <laughs> who don't know what Mummers are. Uh, there are people that dress like that dress it like in these fancy outfits. Uh, it goes back to Swedish settlers that were uh, settled in the Philadelphia area. Uh, I would say just before the American Revolution. So this would be like before the colonial wars and the American Revolution. And what they would do is every New Year's they actually would have a parade in the South Philadelphia neighborhood. Sound familiar? Anyway, <laughs> uh, and they would um, they would serenade people. They would you know. They would sing songs and all that. And exactly. I think also they would do Christmas tunes. And of course, it's been passed on from generation to generation. And, and um, you know, I mean, of course, sadly, you were not going to be seeing that on New Year's Day for unfortunately, because of everything, everything we've been through since March. But I think uh, a few dedicated ones might just uh, serenade the mayor or something just because he canceled out on them. But let's get back to the subject here. So the foundation actually. Um, I started out as a board member and um, like I, I'll be honest with you and like when you asked me to come on board I saw it as a leap of faith and then I think within a 90-day period or whatever it was like um, we had you had a you had a mini crisis and that was your uh, the president at the time stepped down and it just like you know everybody was like looking around like well what are we going to do like who's going to take his place and everything and i don't know what what like i don't know how in the world or what taught what made you think of me but it was like i somehow came into the discussion that's right so we're, we're and... grateful that you have because uh i think also mickey i must say that uh working with you also the fact that you are younger and you're in touch with a lot of people more your age and involved in pro-life that's a real blessing for us to have that connection and also to be able to minister in that way so uh so thanks so much and i would just invite people to also go to our website and learn more about what we do at nonatus.org maybe we can put that up there on the screen there is a website uh and I would like to just mention the three initiatives that we're doing right now. So number one is always prayer. I mean, that's always our number one thing is that we're always praying for families in crisis. Our initial mission was always to help families affected by divorce and separation. And we started out by doing online support meetings, which now has grown into doing our monthly podcasts. And if uh, whoever's watching us on this evening or, or later on on the podcast, our YouTube channel is Philly Nonatus, so please do subscribe. We're on the first Tuesday of every month and also the last Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern. As a matter of fact, we have one coming up actually on December That's 1st. right. That's right. And we're doing a series right now for those who are affected by divorce with Rose Sweet, who is a, a national Catholic speaker and author. And that's the first Tuesday of every month. So please do join us with those tips for those affected by divorce and separation. Um, and also what we're doing is offering free spiritual consultation with one of our Mercedarian friars. Uh, he's been a guest on this show as well as Father Ken Breen. So please do contact us by going to the website. And I think there's a little link there somewhere on the front page to email with me to make that appointment. Maybe you know someone who's going through a rough time having to do with uh, a divorce or separation or just a family crisis. And you can see up on the screen there, we also have request a mass, which is something that you can also do on our website. So thanks so much. And Mickey, thank you for being a part of our board because it does mean so much to us to have you with us and to be able to even talk about it here on the show.
So as we're coming to a close with this show, um, I want to also invite people after the show is over to go to another website called patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry. There is an opportunity there called Discover Your Mission. And that is where a church mission can be delivered to you in digital download. Uh, it's just like attending a church mission. It's wonderful with, the, with wonderful Catholic speakers. So do check it out. There it is up on the screen. There's different levels of membership. And there's another show on there called Five Minutes of Faith where you can go and watch a show with Mickey and I, and the show will be about three ways to grow in your faith. So please do check that out again at patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry. So Mickey, as we're ending, any final words? Um, basically, I'm just going to reiterate saying to the young people, just um, you need to step up uh, and use your talents to cultivate you know the the message of um life of womb to tomb i mean if you're a writer you know write short stories if or even or heck you know write um pro-life movies that can infiltrate you know the the light like life statement messages um if you like to do if you like to be the next stanley kubrick or steven spielberg why don't you make movies that you know promote life from womb to tomb because let's face it i mean most of the garbage that's out there now i mean they're they're gonna they're gonna make people feel like they just ate a bunch of junk food you know before they settled before they ate the turkey yeah, um it's a good point. And, another, and another thing too i'll also I'll give advice on the divorce for um since i'm involved in the same room in the nazis don't be discouraged because i as i mentioned you know one of the things that can get you through the most challenging storms is your faith. The more you place your trust in God, he will be your guide and he will soon guide you to a, a, an area where it, you, the whole storm is calm and you're out of it. It takes prayer. It takes you know, frequent reception of communion, and most importantly, seeking his mercy in the sacrament of reconciliation. You know, you put all those together, you have just strengthened your faith. Yeah, that's excellent, Mickey. Thank you. Can we also mention about your blog? I think, isn't it Voices for Life? Tell yes, us about so, that and where people can find out more. So for the past three years, I have been involved with a with a blog called voices for life and i actually um they well there's the most recent article actually we was just it was just published ahead of tonight's interview um basically i've been with them for three years we we started out with them on the google platform but then of course they they was fading away so we switched over to wordpress and i actually was familiar with it when i was an undergraduate about um a few years back and some of the things we do for Voices for Life is, one is we do block about events that happen in the Philadelphia area, like forthcoming or that already just happened, such as the dinner last weekend. And oftentimes, too, we also do things like, like center around the holidays. And I also do like recaps from 40 Days for Life campaigns. And, very, and every now and again, if there's something national that's been trending a little bit, we could tackle that. So, for example... I'm actually exploring the idea of, you know, trying to chastise everything that has happened from state officials with how they handled the pandemic. Like they allowed essential workers like that have um, like stores or restaurants, whatever the case may be, like they can, you know, be open or whatever it is. Meanwhile, people had to suffer not fulfilling their Sunday obligations all because of this, where, you know, prayer is much, much needed, especially, Amen. you know, considering what our country, and let's face it, you know, you may get a vaccine for the flu every year, but the vaccine you need every day is Jesus. Amen. He is the cure. He is the cure to the darkness that is in our society. He's even the cure for the 
turmoil we are in. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And he wants us to share the good news of his word so one day we can share in the master's joy. Amen. You you ended it so perfectly. Thank you so much again, Mickey. Thank and you, we'll man. have to have a part two because there was so much more to talk about. So mm. there should and, be a caption saying to be to continue. To be continued. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so everyone, thank you so much for joining us again. Please do connect with him on Instagram at the Catholic Philadelphian. Uh, the two websites again are prolifeunion.org and also the St. Raymond Onatis Foundation for Freedom, Family, and Faith. We'll see everyone next Friday. God bless. Journeys of Faith is a production of Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Ministry. For more information about Journeys of Faith, email info at fiatministrynetwork.tv. And be sure to friend, follow, and like us on social media. Just search Journeys in Faith with Ann DeSantis.